Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to the boys 161st Street. This is episode 220. Uh, the Yankees have lost 14 in the last 23. Uh, in that time span, the bullpen is 4 and 10 with a 393 ERA while blowing five of their nine opportunities to save a game. We no longer have the best record in baseball, which I don't personally really care. It was just a cool, nice thing to have. Worse than that, the Mets have the same record as us. So Worse than that, the Astros are a half game behind for the American League. No and worse seed. than that, the Blue Jays are slowly creeping up on us. They're winning a lot of games right now. Uh, they're about to start a series against the Orioles, which actually not a nowadays, guaranteed win. <laughs> nowadays is not a guaranteed win. But uh, before we get into all that, how are we doing, fellas? Murph, how are you doing? Doing all right. I mean, Yankees suck right now. What are you going to do? What are you going to do is right. Chandler, how are you doing? Good. Yankees suck, which is, you know, right now, like you said. But uh, what kind of – to parlay that is a um, a West Coast trip. So to watch these games, they're going to start at 10-10 our time, and that's just fucking brutal when you can't do anything right. Yeah. But I'm okay. Which can't is complain. fine Fine when they're playing bad because we fall asleep in the fifth inning, and then that's, that's Dude, that. Fucking last night if you fell asleep in the fifth inning, if that was a West Coast game, it would have been three in the morning. Jesus fucking christ yeah that yeah. game lasted forever dude it was so we went grocery shopping not to brag me and luke together and <laughs> it was so cute and uh <laughs> so we left at like 150 why is that like to brag <laughs> knowing that, yeah, i don't know a couple dudes grocery shopping together there was a girl there too nobody needs to know about that part okay um so we left at like 150 game started at 210 we got back, and it was just shitting rain. So we had to sit there and wait for an Uber for half an hour, all that fun stuff. It was like 3.30 when we got back. It was like the second inning. Which, yeah. that can be a great little uh, jump-off point if you want to go ahead and dive into this team's struggles as of late. Mr. Montas, not a great start. Six earned runs and two innings. So I wanted to talk about that. Three I, was, I have it on my list right here to talk about. Um, because we talked about it before. What are the chances that he turns into a pumpkin? Um, I'm not going to use this as the sample size. Murph, is you are the uh, veteran sample size uh, master. This is obviously not a big enough sample size, correct, Murph? Three innings? No. <laughs> and I will give him the benefit of the doubt. I know Chandler mentioned this to me. He hasn't really pitched since when? Uh, July 26th he was the last time he pitched, and his mother-in-law died on the 26th. And what's today's date? Today is August 8th. So he's had a little bit of time off and condolences out to the family. But well, he also he's dealing got- with a lot of stuff. He's moving to the Bronx. He was away. It, 
a, not an easy team to face. We'll give him a pass there, but definitely not how you want to start. But he also got so, and I'm not really one to make excuses. It was kind of honestly getting annoying seeing all the people like, well, you know, well, Frankie Montez did blah, blah, blah. But you know what? To be on his side on this, because I don't want to be super pessimistic. There's a lot of positive things about this season to date. I don't want to be mega pessimistic, but I mean, he got to the team Saturday night for his Sunday afternoon game, which again, not his fault. He's at a funeral, stuff like that. So there, it, I'll give him a pass on this one, but we can't do that again. I mean, he said all the right things. He did all the right things in his uh, post game, whatever, but I can't, if he goes out and throws another dud in Boston, he's going to get yeah, fucking, next start. he's going to get just destroyed by this fan base. If he tosses up another dud. In Boston, with us sliding the way we are. When you're somebody who comes over to the Yankees in the middle of a season. For that big of a package. Right. And that too, yeah, with that high of expectations at least. Especially when you're coming from the smallest market in baseball, you need to do yourself a favor and pitch well when you when you first come over because it's going to start snowballing. Especially with Sonny Gray. Two or three bad ones in a row. Yeah, that kind of thing. Like You have a couple in a row. Nobody's behind you, and your confidence gets shaken a lot more in New York than it will anywhere else. So, did you hear his post game though? I did, and he handled it very well. But you know, it was that was the once it's two months of getting ripped on, you might not be that. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm just saying I was impressed by it. You know, it doesn't. I was too. It's very easy to come to New York from being. I mean, there's more reporters than there are fans at the game at an Oakland A's game, and you come here, and they're immediately questions like yeah your mother-in-law died last week was that tough on you it was like fucking christ dude like give the guy a break like they were just hammering at me and i think he handled it well and that gave me i was pretty low on him obviously reactionary to the game but the way he handled that press conference I was like all right let's take a step back dude's definitely got the balls to do it kenny just translated onto the field i will say this also on his behalf the stuff looked fine. He was pumping 97, 98. Also, I didn't know he threw the six hardest in baseball, like average uh, fastball. Which that. No, that was kind of cool. I never knew he was a hard thrower. So his stuff looked good. He looked healthy, which was a big thing coming off his shoulder. He was throwing – like you were talking about last episode, his velo was down. But It was, yeah. No, no, no. I'm when not he saying – throwing a 95-mile-an-hour sinker. I was like, okay, I'm not worried about that. Yeah, I'm not saying That's you're wrong. I'm just saying – he was throwing 97, 98, encouraging. His stuff was moving, encouraging. He just couldn't locate it. He's falling behind in couch. He saw it in the Arenado home run. You fall behind 2030, whatever it was, lay a fastball at 97 to one of the best hitters, and probably a future Hall of Famer. He hits it out. You know, he was kind of teetering on that brink of blowing up for the first couple innings. And then, you know, lo and behold, Arenado, one of the hottest hitters in the game and one of the best hitters in the game, gets a hold of one. It happens. But, he um didn't do him any favors too and get behind. Jesus Christ! Yeah, what, we're not gonna we're not gonna <laughs> say that that was the the reason why we lost because it wasn't. But no. when that report came out, I know everybody's seen the the umpire reports, the umpire scorecards. It was plus three point one two yeah. in favor of the Cardinals, which I mean we saw it. It was going both ways a little bit, but clearly not <laughs> both ways. Yeah. It was. I mean, there was the, the the scorecards come out and they always say like the plus, you know. Point five for this team. That's something you write off completely. There were instances, and I'm not sure how they calculate that uh, that swing for either team or the other, but there was a specific instance where there was a ball four call with bases loaded that nobody literally had. would have given them a run. So there's one run out of the 3.12 that they calculated. I know how we got that one. 
But I mean, it, it's just it was terrible. There was some. There was a ball call that was right down the middle. Yeah, to judge, it was a curveball, literally yeah. just belt high right down the middle. He, he didn't do anything. And Adam Wainwright, he didn't. I don't think he called a single strike on a curveball for Adam Wainwright, which is you know, but his nickname's what fucking Uncle Charlie, isn't it? So. It's got to be a little frustrating. I will say hats off to uh, Mr. Wainwright for keeping his cool. I would have lost my fucking mind. Speaking of pitchers yeah. losing their cool. Judge did finally you... got one. Yeah, Judge finally like, got know, one. He usually gets bad strikes called against him. He got... Yeah. Maybe that made up for it. Did you bit. see the percentile rankings for that umpire game? Again, not saying that's why we lost. We did a lot of bad things. but yeah. So that ump scorecard actually does their percentiles. Accuracy, the 25th percentile. Expected accuracy, 30th. Accuracy above expected, 30th. Consistency, 10. Total run impact, 0. Favor, 0. That's a bad game. It's a bad game. That's a real... <laughs> <it's a, laughs> All right. Uh, that, obviously, that did not have... It's worth talking it's about. It's worth though. talking about. And that I hope he never umpires a single game. Ed Hickox. Ever. Keep I, him I never want to see Ed Hickox ever again. He's not going to be held accountable, but... Um, yeah. Never want to see him again. Are you concerned at all? Let's put a button on this this Montas thing. Does, does that first outing give you any extra concern that you may have potentially had before? I, I personally am not worried about him, but we did talk about the potential of him being another guy coming from a small market and turning into a pumpkin. Does this add anything to that for you? No. Yeah, it has to. Not for I don't me. know how you could I say mean, no. Because I like, like I said, there's so many. The stuff looked fine. The pitches were fine. It was location-oriented, and he hasn't pitched in two weeks. He had a shoulder. He's pitched one time in a month, and he's coming off, you know, again, not making excuses for the guy, but, you know, he's coming off a month off of baseball. He's pitched one time, I think, is what it was. He's got a death in the family, all these other things. I'll give him a pass on one game. If he goes out and gets shelled again, then it'll creep up in my head, but I don't I don't think after this performance you can you can say that. I don't think it can add or subtract to it at all. I think it's just neutral for me. Nothing's changed. I disagree. Yeah. Murph, go ahead. No, I agree with what you said. And I, I don't think anybody should be coming for his head from that outing. You know, like you said, stuff was there. Couldn't locate a lot of stuff going on, whatever. But there were some things that we were worried about anyway. And he didn't pitch very well. So I think it's easy to say that the concern is there. And it's not, you know, if he comes out and shoves it down their throat for seven innings, and allows one run or whatever, then we're saying, oh, great, wonderful, not worried about anything. But that didn't happen. He, he struggled. Yeah. He couldn't find it. Whatever the ump had to do with that, whatever, he struggled. So I'm a little bit worried. He handled it very well. So I'm not as worried as I could be. But, yeah, I, I, I think the concern's there. I, I'm with you, Murph. I, I, we brought up the point that this could happen. It still could happen. This didn't alleviate. It's more so that this didn't alleviate my concerns at all, which I was hoping that he would come out and shove, and then I could be like, all right, he's fine. Even if it's one start, that doesn't obviously sway in the other direction as much, but it does put a little bit of that concern to to bed a little bit. This went from essentially, in my mind, I knew it was a possibility, so let's call it 1% chance he turns into a pumpkin. This made it like 8%. It, it didn't swing it at all but it does it does factor in my brain and like if he does this a few more times now i'm really concerned especially considering we got him to be this number two on the team and we need him now more than ever especially with the monty trade and to boot monty comes out and he throws a two hitter against us in his first 
revenge game, let's call it, against the Yankees when we went into St. Louis. Before so, you jump on to anything else, I want to kind of say, take another point with what you're saying is that I think that the concern is amplified given what the rest of the rotation looked like. Exactly. I mean, he was supposed to be the savior. There's not anybody that I'm that confident in. And he so wasn't, we, though. Like you said, we need him very badly. We need him to be the player that we traded for. And he looked like that from a stuff perspective, but in terms of, you know, you can't go three innings and allow, yeah. what was it, four or five? You can't do Six. that. And I'm not full-blown concerned. I'm not hitting a panic button at all. I'm just saying, like I said, from 1% to like 8%, well, it's, it's out world there. That I'm the positive one here, but I, I well, you you're a big Montas guy, and well, you've, you you were singing his song before coming on, and that's not to your fault. I'm just saying, it's it's. it's I'm not, not going to ignore a, that this has. You can't say it has no impact at all on your expectations. Well, let me but. ask you this. Then. Let me ask you this. If you're this concerned with Montas after one start, how concerned are you about Penitenti? Because he has shit the bed since he's been here. He's taking some walks. Say what you want. Yeah, he's getting on base, but. He's supposed to be a 300 hitter. He's got four hits. I think it's four hits. Let me we'll get into that. He's, he had, he's he on two, hotter now. He had two last night, though. He had a double. Doesn't, he had a doesn't matter. Double last night. Okay. And, and, and wait, t- I, mean, t- I think just about anybody's going to struggle when they come. Okay, to New York Montas had two strikeouts. Like okay. you can pit, nitpick stats here and there, but the bottom line is he hasn't been good since both, he's been here. Both. No, I'm worried about. So are you scared? Because he's small You're market, right. and then he's here. So I. Well, I'm. I'm. No, I am. And to be fair, I am worried about Benintendi. He's. And I, I'm not. We can't go. We can't expect him to go and be like a 340 hitter when he gets over here, too. But I mean, yeah, I, I think he'll figure it out the same way I think Montas is going to figure it out. But it's not like they're doing well and everything's good. You know, they're they're struggling, and Efros is struggling too. He gave up three last night. The so bottom, I'm the bottom line probably is probably most worried about him. But it's none of these. The if we were playing well, these would all be afterthoughts. That's the bottom line. Is the people that were that are causing this skid are not the new guys. You're right. And I, this I'm is more so worried because amplified he because was, yes, it. I was worried specifically yeah. because Montas was, is in the group of people that's doing the worst right now. And we need, that's not what we need. I'm less worried about Ben because the offense is doing not great, but it's not what the starting rotation has been looking like as of recently. So when you add also, add the guy who is supposed to be that spark plug for the rotation and he comes out and he does that, that's why it's just you circle that as more of a concern than a guy. And again, it's it's one big start versus playing every night and you can kind of hide the like when you walk, he walks a bunch too. So it's a little bit of that. So I, I don't know. And and yeah, like I said, we're still putting up a ton of runs. Like we lost last night. We put up what, nine or eight? Nine got shut nine. out the night before. Right. And so that's the thing is, and I think the reason that there's this concern is we were saying on August 3rd that we won the debt, maybe not won the deadline, but we got all the pieces we needed. We had an excellent deadline, whatever, but we have one sense. And so we've won one game. In that, the last. Yeah. So, and we're at what nine of our last 16. So yeah, we were struggling before that and bringing in a couple guys, isn't going to change that right away. Sure. But the bottom line is that, we traded for all these guys at the deadline to make a playoff push. We're saying, you know, cash your chips and whatever. And then we haven't won a game since the deadline. And we're going up against Seattle. Who's a very tough team. One of they the hottest kicked teams our fucking baseball. ass at home. And then last we week. have boss. Exactly. And then we have Boston and then we have the Rays and then we have the Blue Jays and then we have the Mets. So give me one easy game before August 25th. And we go and play the A's. I mean, I, it'd be almost a miracle if we can turn out a winning record over the next two weeks so with that being said do you think there's 
What, what do you think the percentage chance is that the Blue Jays catch us? Where, right now they are how many Nine games and back? A half, I think. So it's single digits now? Yep. We, it went Nine from and a half. 16 and a half to nine and a half. And it's going to yeah. be a race. I'll tell you that much. I mean, that'll happen when you lose five. And I mean, they're, they're not super hot in the last 10 either. They're six and four or four and six. But over the last more than that, we've been free falling. And I don't know. So well, we were what do you saying think? a month ago, do we, do we sit judge in the September when we're up 15 games? That was all hypothetical. That was. No, I know. But I'm just saying that's look at where we were a month ago. We were on top of the world. And now we're dog shit. And it, and it looks like you can tell when you watch the games. Like, it's not the same team we saw a month ago. No, it's and sloppy. No, yeah. That's the biggest good, part. It's, it's a good the, time. You see it it's in the, the base dog. running. You can see it in the fielding. It's just sloppy all around. Guys are getting picked off. Like, guys not named Isaiah Kiner for left are getting picked off. People are just – there's just stupid fucking mistakes. Every, every night, every day, it's just – they're, like, sleepwalking right now. And somebody needs to wake them the fuck up. And that's why – and I think that's why so many people are calling for Peraza to get called up. It's not even necessarily because IKF's been just the worst thing in the world. He's not great, but he, like we've said time and time again, he's served a purpose. But the reason people are calling for Peraza every single day, all day, is because he's a spark to wake up this team that's just, like I said, they're a zombies right now. They show up, they get their ass kicked in day in and day out right now. And they just move on about their business. There's no emotion. It's not fun like it was. You don't see Nestor carrying the fucking bubble gum throughout the dugout. They're not having. It doesn't look like they're having fun anymore. It looks like the 2021 team where you're at work and you're like, okay, let's get this fucking day over with and let's go to the next game. But I also I mean, want to point out spark. this is Sorry. a this is one run. Like we the the tides have turned for this brief moment but like this is a losing stretch this happens that's how baseball it's goes 50 so games or 100 games in this is half I know, the season I, i'm well aware and they still have 70 wins like it, it's a game of of streaks and we're on a bad streak right now so i don't want to put too much into it but i don't want to take it too lightly because it is worth having the conversation and it's very much a concern for a lot of areas in the team but we've afforded this luxury of being terrible for 40 plus games and still being up nine and a half. So this guy isn't, isn't falling by any means, but it is like, nothing's guaranteed whatsoever to even, I mean, we, I think we're going to make the playoffs. That's going to be fine. But the division is not a guarantee. We, we erase six and a half, seven games in a month. So the fact that we need a spark a week after the deadline, I think is a problem. That should be your spark. You brought in they they were saying in all the press conferences and everything, all the interviews after the deadline for the players that were existing on the team, and they're saying, Yeah, they bought in, they want us like it's a willingness to do what it takes to win a World Series from the front office, yada yada yada. There's your spark, and they've come out flat after the deadline. So is Peraza bringing up Peraza really going to be the spark? Probably not. If bringing in Montas Trevino, F. Ross, and Benintendi wasn't the spark, then what is? It's right. got to come from within. Exactly. It's not that's no, <laughs> shut the fuck up. No, we're, that conversation starts and ends there. Um, I get what you're saying, but like, why would you not want to try? Oh no, I'm all for. Okay, for I, was, I mean, he's, I just don't know. Like, yeah, like, I actually but have, for, but that's not. It's not like he, him coming up is going to be the answer to playing. Flag, no, no, no. But I have, you know? I have one point I want to make on that, just because we've talked about it for weeks now, but. I, I think it was like a Brendan Cootie, 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 whatever the fuck his last name is. It was like, yeah, IKF's the shortstop. Get over it. But why? 
Like it was like, yeah, you can't just toss a baby in water or a toddler in water and expect him to swim. It's like, but so you know what you, you know what you're getting in IKF, right? And that's a below average shortstop. He's in the bottom third. We'll say that because different metric, different metrics grade him differently. But he's a consistent consensus bottom third shortstop in the league, offensively and defensively. You know what you're getting, and it's shitty. Why would you not want to replace it with an unknown? The worst case scenario is he's the same thing. That's a, I don't I don't get why the Yankees beat writers and the Yankees blue check guys like that are just so content with IKF because it doesn't it does and it same goes for Ron Marinaccio and same goes for Clark Schmidt is like yeah these guys haven't been there you're just gonna throw them out there in the water okay the people you have out there that are quote-unquote known commodities that suck ass you know what you're getting and it's not good so why why can't you take that risk yeah there's no ceiling there and there's like Domingo Herman an endless amount of ceiling with Peraza or Clark Schmidt you just it's untapped potential it could end up being as bad as the current state of affairs exactly with the people that you're running out there right now but it's not I mean it's it's an itch that you want to have you want to scratch and you like there's the only one way way to find out is to do it and like why can't you why can't you DFA Herman why? Like, yeah, I know he well, gave. He went five he, innings, one run. He's you, got. He's got so no options. Can. So then that's yeah. DFM, cut him. Who fucking cares? You have. You can't tell me that Clark Schmidt is not a better option right now. And I, I you can tell me that, but I won't believe you. Clark Schmidt is better, or else what's the point of keeping him for this long? If no, you're not I agree, gonna, but like, I, I think it doesn't uh, make know. it doesn't make sense to me. All of the recent World Series winners that you can think of are a nice like infusion of free agents. Homegrown guys, that young spark, the young talent, and you know, good trades at the deadline. All these different things coming together. The Yankees have all that, but they're afraid to bring up that young talent. And look at Ron Marinaccio. I know he just got sent down, and I know it's a quote unquote numbers game. But if you're really looking at the numbers, you're losing by sending him down. You can DFA guys, you can cut some of the loose weight. Like at this point, and I like Lucas Lickey, I like him a lot. Like, I think he serves a purpose on this team as a lefty specialist or as just a mop-up guy. But look at his stats against lefties. They're good. They're really good. But his stats against righties are terrible. And he's, like I said, he's mainly a mop-up guy. Like, there, look, yeah, look at his no left-handed stats. Anymore. No, okay, yeah, because it's a three-batter minimum. So that's what, that's what I'm saying. So that diminishes his value. I'm, yeah, I'm, So, but yeah, like, look at this. Lucas Lickey, he's got a... 0.64 ERA, 196 batting average against against lefties, but against righties, it's over four and almost a 300 batting average against. Ron Marinaccio, the guy that you had to send down because of this numbers game, one one eight and two four one. Those are the ERAs against both. They're consistent against both. He's actually better against lefties, and then a sub one WHIP, a 0.4 WHIP against lefties, and he's just he's striking out everybody. He's given up what two hits on a home run, three hits since he's been back off the or since getting sent down and. April or May, it doesn't make sense to me because you know Licky's ceiling. You know Licky's yeah. ceiling and you know his floor, and I don't think the floors are different. Like, if Ron Marinaccio implodes, which I would argue we saw him implode earlier in the season, and it was basically what a Lucas Licky implosion is. That's my problem, and I'm just using that as an example. I'm not calling for Lucas Licky's head. He serves a purpose. I like him a lot. He's a good dude. He's a good locker, locker room guy, but I'm just using it as an example. If you really care about these numbers games and stuff like that, why are you so scared to make a move that helps the team, especially coming down the stretch like this? 
So one thing you mentioned was the combination of trade deadline, free agents, homegrown talent. And the homegrown talent that we have, especially position players, isn't that young. It starts and ends with Judge. It's, That's the only it's, homegrown it's guy. Judge and Glaber, the last, there's not been a homegrown position player to come up in the last three years and stay. It's Do you been, even count Glaber? Glaber? Glaber and Judge are the last ones. And those Do you count Glaber? Off. He spent one year in our binders. Yeah, I count Glaber. Okay, so so there's two, and that's generous. and that, and now and right, and that was a long time ago. So we don't have that. On, we have it in the system. We haven't brought it up to the MLB. And yeah, granted, for the past few years, you know, top guys have been getting dealt. Whatever. Most of our top prospects have been pitchers, and there's more of an avenue to get up there. But bring up Peraza, see if he can. I hate to go back on my point earlier, but give you a spark, try him out, whatever. You see all these other great teams bringing up position guys and they come up and light it up. And then you get some momentum going into the postseason and then reassess when you get to September. The thing with that too is like the worst case scenario is he doesn't do well and you send him back down because he's got endless options. And I do get that if you do bring him up, that is DFAing a guy like Domingo who is out of options and you lose no, him. You cut Marwin. Okay, regardless of the the same amount of yeah, pitchers. Regardless He's not of the, up with, yeah. the moves that happen consequentially when that happens, like there's there's not really a downside to trying it out. If it doesn't work out, I know the the big argument to bringing up prospects early has always been like you don't want to rush him or anything like that. Sometimes you uh, This isn't rushing know, him though. This wouldn't be rushing him. He's raking in triple A right now. It's not like bringing up Volpe. That's a different story. If you bring up Volpe right now, that would be rushing a prospect, and that I'm not really on board with Peraza was a Although, guy that was borderline. Peraza, you're probably putting Volpe in triple eight, ex- which he needs which to he, be. He was going to progress yeah. up there anyway. So, so it's a, it's a, honestly, it's, it's the move that should happen regardless. It's just frustrating. You're opening like, up the spot for Volpe. They will not give these guys a chance. Like I saw something today that, and they were talking about Peraza and they compared it to Robinson Cano and Tony Womack in like 2004. Like Cano came up down the stretch and was kind of that spark plug they needed. And I don't know why they're so opposed to doing the same thing. And they had Cashman on like MLB radio yesterday. He was like, yeah, it was just so hard finding a shortstop in the off season, which one total bullshit. Like if you're going to just, there's no need to lie. Just tell us you didn't want to spend money. Fine. We, we, we got guys in the system. It's like, it's so hard to find a shortstop. And we're really happy with the gold glover. We have never won a gold glove at shortstop. He's a gold glove third baseman. It's just, it's shit like that that makes everybody so mad, especially when you're losing games, is to make up bullshit like that. The quote was, it was a challenge finding a shortstop last winter. We found a gold glover in IKF. His defense has been tremendous for for us. He's a grinder. Correa opened up an opportunity that imported JD and IKF. That's disgusting. Yeah, that, that's a How, real, that's a real quote. JD and IKF have been two of the worst players on this team. Did you see the thing? I sent it to you guys. It was the um, the Yankees magazine, their next core four. <laughs> and it was Greg Bird, Aaron Judge, Seve, and Gary Sanchez. <laughs> What's the date on that? Ah, I think it was 2016 or 17. But ugh, Yeah, 2016. October 2016, the next core four. God. Greg Bird, I think, plays baseball in China now. He plays for the Yankees. Oh, yeah. yeah they, for, cut him. they cut him. Yeah, yeah, I think he went to China after that. Or something. Uh, regardless, he's he's not doing too hot, and he's not certainly not in the next core four. No. Um, Severino is just the most injury prone person on the planet. Uh, Gary Sanchez, he's on the Twins and not doing too hot himself. So Judge is the only one there, and he's probably not going to be a Yankee soon. So 
Dude, I just, I don't get it. I really, I, it doesn't make sense to me. None of the moves that they're making right now or the things they're saying make sense. These are not, it. Next core four, Ben Attendee. <sighs> ben Attendee's uh, gone after this Oswald year. Oswald Peraza. Uh, the, whole, the whole core four is coming up through the system. That's the whole point. <laughs> but, Volpe uh, in, Peraza. In news, according to Jack Curry, Aaron Boone had a team meeting today. To tell them was it one of those closed door? No, we to had get through an adverse period and win a title. We had a you remember a whole back before the season we had Eric on and he was like, yeah, they have those all the time and they're just the most bullshit thing of all time. Oh yeah, they do I it mean, all the time it, too. They, they just say like we like to keep it inside those walls. Yeah, you think about oh, when man. you're in high school and some guy tries to hype you up in the locker room. It's like yeah, the yeah. most cringeworthy thing ever. And actually, imagine dude. doing that to a bunch of thirty year old men. It's not gonna, you know. I will say though, I, I think Boone. In his recent, in his last year or so, has been, I, I have a lot more like locker room respect if that makes any sense for him. Like he's got, a, he, he has a much better feel for this team. He's, I think he's won over the locker room. Like he, it doesn't matter what the fuck I think, but like it, it doesn't matter if the res, locker room respect is from me or not. I think he has a good feel for the locker room. I think they like that he, you know, gets ejected and all this stuff. Whether it's thrown out yesterday, whether it's forced or not, I think last time was not forced at all. Sometimes it's a little bit like he's trying to be that intentional spark plug within a game to get thrown out to just do it. But that was so well warranted. I mean, he does have like an anger issue, I think. So, I mean, you have to. Yeah, but I don't know. I I think Boone has been so. All this to say, I think the meeting they had could have been something like i think boone could fire somebody up i think it'd have to be like his best speech ever but i don't know team meeting doesn't put a lot of confidence in me is all no and and the fact that a team meeting was called it's like i don't know it's like calling a timeout when you got school you scored 15 nothing and you need to need to give the troops a rest for a second there's like rest reset maybe it works maybe they come out tonight against the against the mariners and just wipe the floor with them who's pitching tonight Jameson Tyone. Yeah, that'll work. Okay, but one other thing I wanted to hit before we get into hot or not, because I don't think he's on the hot or the not list, is Garrett Cole. Um, eh, by proxy. Yeah, I guess he is by proxy. So you want to just get into hot or not then? Um, I, I think we need to say some closing words on this skid because we kind of just went off on a tangent there. And that is, it's okay to be frustrated right now i think that's the one of the most annoying things that i see is like oh the yankees have 70 wins and a nine and a half game lead like relax everybody it's the ups and downs of 162 no no half the season now you've been bad so at the wrong i mean it's the it's, dog days of summer it's totally fair to be upset right now the, the brand of baseball they're playing right now is not championship caliber baseball and it and that's the bottom line there's there's no if ands or buts you just sold the farm to make this a championship team. This is judges walk year. This is it. This is the make or break year. After this year, there's so many question marks going forward and it's fucking aggravating to see him coming out flat every single night. So if you want to be upset, don't let people on Twitter tell you that you can't be mad because you most definitely can be mad at this. Yeah. And and the most important thing about this skid to me is that it's showing the holes in this team that it's always make it a, not a championship team at times it obviously can be we have 70 wins we're still on pace for like 105 i think or something like that it's just when you see them almost fall from grace when they're on pace to break the all-time wins record like ever go back a month ago a month and a half ago we were talking about them breaking nearly every record in the book obviously that's not happening anymore but 
that never really mattered as much. It was a cool, nice to have. Obviously, all we want to do is win a World Series and watch a team win a World Series and cover that team. That would be an absolute blast. Uh, something we haven't done in, in our adult lifetime, at least. It's been, what, 13 12, years. 13 years? So, I mean, it, what this recent skid has showed us, and it, it just there is cause for concern, and there's it's everything we knew already. We knew we would have to go through the Astros, and we knew they were a great team, and we knew that, you know, it wasn't necessarily a guarantee in the AL East because there's a lot of good teams. We thought it was more of a guarantee than it is now. Hopefully, nine and a half is the furthest they come uh, towards our division lead, but I'm not. I'm not fully concerned with the division, but I, I more more outside of that, it doesn't really matter about my concern about the division. It matters about my like level of concern of like, can we beat? Like, even if we don't, if we if we do win the division, that doesn't alter my confidence about of this team winning a series. Like, they can this team win a playoff series? They'll probably make the playoffs, but this all the holes are just like matching up against all these playoff teams that we're looking around the around the board here. The Mets look amazing. The Dodgers look amazing. The Astros look amazing. The Blue Jays look amazing um, right now. Um, right now, amazing. I'm sure they're getting their doors blown off by the Ast- or the Orioles right now. That's fine. The Orioles look amazing. <laughs> the Orioles might make the playoffs. I, that's I something to something to watch for everybody else is if they win. Oh, stop! They're like one game out. Ever since they called up Adley Rutschman, best. Uh, it honestly is ever since then. And best also, in baseball. they just. I don't know how it would feel if I was an Orioles fan because you're doing so well, and then you you trade away Trey Mancini and Lopez and Lopez, and then they had to. They that was that's the highest value they're ever going to get, and they're right, not but the World Series. You're you're potentially going to make it like business wise, and for the longevity of this team for the next few years, that made sense. But yeah, if you're, it's hard you're in a it's playoff a tough race. Pill to swallow. I mean, if you're the fans too, like the fans don't care about it being a business, like. People like us understand the business side of things, but the fan who goes there every day and just wants to watch a good product in the field and make the playoffs in a given year, that's kind of fucked up to just say like, yep, uh, we don't think this. And the players too that are still there, that's like, okay, you guys really didn't show enough. So we're going to sell and and kick the can down the road. You have the best young guy in baseball. You want to build around him, and that's what what the move was. If I'm an O's fan, it sucks, and they're playing well and great, and but – are you going to maybe sneak into a wild card? Yeah, of that's Cini fun. That's exciting. Is that, worth, is that worth it? Probably not to me. When you talk about anyway. building a team, you might it might honestly be worth it because the revenue goes up and you have the ability to sign bigger free agents and then you can pair that with the young talent they already have. So like, it can go both ways. It, if I'm a fan, I'd be pissed. That's all I'm saying. I, I'd, I'd be happy about it, but whatever. No, you wouldn't. I think happy one about it. would be so mad I, if you're an or well, no, as a baseball fan, would you would be fucking it. livid right now. I would. I think that the Orioles did the right thing, and they did the right thing very well in terms of who they got. Back. We're on the outside I, looking in, but you can't tell right. me if you're a fan, you would be happy. That's like if the Yankees were just like a borderline playoff team, and they traded Judge right now, you'd be pissed. In 2017, good true. example. We we were playing with house money, and That's they they true. trade away like. I don't know, Didi. Starling Castro. Like, <laughs> yeah. No. I guess, so, I guess like bring Sanchez. it back to the Yankees. Like kind of I kind of proved his point a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one thing, though, about the Yankees and where things stand now is that it's a pretty good time to hit your skid because if We're you turn it in. around, then you're flying, firing on all cylinders into September and then rolling into October. Like, I'd much rather be cold now than cold 
right. this time next month. And it, it's the dog days but of summer, too. Who says yeah. that you're going to turn around? That's what I don't. That's, that's another thing. argument no, right. I don't and get is that people big... are like, yeah, everybody hits their skid. I'm glad ours is now because that means we're going to bounce back in September. It like, doesn't that's a mean that. It, it does, it does happen. You know baseball is no, streaky. No, no. I know that what you're saying. Mean, that doesn't mean we're going to bounce back. But if it's going to happen. If it's going to happen, now is a good time. But. We also have a very tough schedule for the next month. So if the skid continues into the end of August, then it's we're in a playoff race. Then so, but now if we if you go ahead and turn it around with the and you win three out of the four series between the Mariners, Red Sox, Rays, and Blue Jays, then great. Then then you're back. Then you're then you're going rolling into September in a good place. What worries and that me? Could happen. Who knows? Uh, anyway, wait, one thing. One thing before he was mainly saying that there's enough time to turn it around and roll in hard. That doesn't mean it's going to happen, That's but there, there's enough time yeah. to make that, that flip the squ- the flip the switch. I'll tell you what, why I'm reading more into this than just a, a mid season lull is, you know, everybody's like, Oh yeah, you're gonna be fine. They'll bounce back. I'm glad, you know, it's a long season ups and downs. The reason that I'm concerned is because these are all the problems we've had for five years. This isn't new. It's not like something just came up and like, Oh shit. Wow. That guy didn't really, pan out. This is the same thing. And it's a team wide issue outside of judge and DJ that we've been dealing with for years now. This isn't, this isn't new. That's why I'm, I I don't know. I'm a little concerned. I'm not saying the season's over, the sky's falling, but they're legitimate concerns. This is a reason to be concerned. This is not a problem that came up out of nowhere before the season. If you asked any of us or any realistic Yankees fan that not the overly optimistic or overly pessimistic, what our expectations were for the season, it was going to be this exact team right? that are home runner bus, very streaky pitching's not great. Meh. And that's exactly where we are. And that's scary to me. Right. Let's get into how to not then to get into your expectations okay. for individual players. So do you want Chandler did the how to nots um, and he's going to read them for those tuning in for the first time. How to not is a segment uh, that we like to do to tell you how a player has been doing in the last like 15, 14 games or so last two weeks and uh do we think this is going to continue or is this not an accurate representation of the player so who wants to do what Murphy, let's do the hots unless you want to do the knots give me the hots okay all right ready when you are all right first up on the hot list dj lemay hughes batting 373 478 obp 600 slugging a wrc plus of 211 in this time not known for his power but he has four home runs and nine rbis that's over his last 15 i'm gonna buy that yeah jose trevino 333 333 that's zero walks in case you were wondering uh 619 slugging a wrc plus of 170 and uh, out of his 14 hits, six are extra base hits. So, I, I, he's been doing it all year. Yeah, I'll he hit a little bit of a slump, but that's why I want to put him up. But um, Anthony Rizzo, in his 12 games he's played post since the post the All Star break and before this injury, I guess this is worse than we thought. I made this before I found out he wasn't playing tonight. He's got five home runs in those 12 games, a 370 OBP, a WRC plus of 175. OPS almost a thousand and nine RBIs, nine runs scored. Yeah, the injury scares me because it's a back thing, but reoccurring. Uh, if you it, reoccurring, even worse. Um, if he if there was no injury involved, I think I'd buy that too. But right. I don't and know. And then the last one, Mister 
Oswald Peraza. 341, 404, 607 slash line, WRC plus a 166, nine home runs and 15 stolen bases since June 11th. I will personally drive him from Scranton to the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense that Peraz is not up here. It doesn't. Let's see. Okay, so you bought all four. I'm assuming that's a buy if you're going to drive Peraz up here. Oh, yeah. DJ, that's, I think that's, that's a no brainer. Rizzo, how, how concerned are you about Rizzo's back? I'm very concerned. I feel like a back thing in baseball is probably about the worst place you can have an injury. Just, My back yeah, doesn't feel great right swing. now either. So, but I, like, think I about just you. you know, with how much I mean, I guess a pitcher's arm and a position player's back are kind of one and the same because whether it, you actually feel it or not, it's in the back of your mind, and I think that that affects the your back swing. of your mind. So, huh. good one. So yeah, I mean, even if he comes back and is you know, he's feeling all right, whatever it's, I think he's probably going to struggle coming back. I would imagine. I know I probably would. Well, he had it so, in June and he came back and he did this. So yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like a back is scary, especially reoccurring. See, so yeah. I'm very nervous. About yeah. That. My back doesn't feel good. And I got to get on a, I got a wakeboard yeah. this weekend. So I really, I don't want to tell my uncle like, Hey, I might have to sit this one out, but I might play through. So we'll see if Rizzo can play through. You'll be okay. You think so though? Because like when you get really tugged on a wakeboard, if you don't get up right away, and my shoulders aren't great either. It, what, are you, it, what are you saving your back for? Um, I don't know. Or your shoulders. Just not being bedridden. You can get whipped around by a wakeboard or by a boat on the wakeboard. So that's that's what I've been dealing with lately. It's it's a big mental battle whether or not I'm gonna I mean, go out there. You'll be able okay. whether or not I'm gonna go out there and just play. Uh Jose Trevino. All right. I don't, so, I don't know what yeah. to tell you about your wakeboarding situation here. All right. I'll figure no, it out. No, Trevino. I think so, you'll be okay. I'll I, I have faith in you to play through it. Okay. Trevino is what I'll I come back was in a wheelchair. <laughs> You're giving it too much credit. You're giving the injury too much power by speaking into existence. Yeah, it's mental. Sorry. Carry on, Murph. Trevino's doing what I can. We've decided Rizzo's going to be fine. Go ahead. Yeah, no, he's fine. I, I don't know. He's he's He was an all-star because of his hitting, not because of his fielding. True. And... Here he is doing it again. So, you know, I'll buy I'm with because, it because, yeah, I don't know. Dude, he hit two home runs in one game. That was awesome. That was the last game. Last run, game we won. Before, but every time he hits home run, it looks like an accident. Dude, that was the last game we won. That was a, wow. the last time we won a game was we have recorded two episodes. That's three now. It's bad. Yeah. But he did hit two home runs there. And then Oswald, we talked enough about that. Speaking of bad, do you want to get in the knots? Yeah, here shortly. I just, I mean, Peraza, dude. 15 stolen bases. We've talked about it a ton. He's, he's so exciting. Volpe is 37 this year. Dude, he's stolen so bases? Yeah. That, yeah. And 16 that is runs. crazy. Isn't he not like that fast? He's just a good base no, runner? No, he's, he's he, pretty he, fast. Well, I mean, it's you got to be fast at 37. You got to be fast You can be a good base runner and get like 20 in a year maybe, but 37, you're all He's certainly fast. not slow. But I mean, I Judge think it's is more of the, the base running. A good base runner, he's got like 11. Judge has a sneaky 11 steals, and I love it. Yeah, that's. I mean, you're just proving my point. Oh, I think something real quick to note before we go to the knots. I think like a week or two ago, we were talking about how DJ's heating up, and you were like, "Yeah, he's gonna have to hit like 400 to get his batting he's average back it. to 300." He's been doing yeah. it, and he's up at like right around 290. So yeah, All right. it's pretty there, cool. There you go. Tip the cap to DJ. Pretty cool. Okay, he'll, he'll finish above 300, I think. Above 300? 
I still don't think he's going to do no, that. No, he'll get like 293. Didn't you just say he's at 290 right now? Yeah, but he would have to he's sustain a 380 batting average. I don't know, for man. Two I think you could do it. Okay. No. No, I think I the, math, the math makes it. See, I think he has to hit like 315 I, I for the next two months. I think when we had this conversation, months. I said that he'll have a 300 batting average from that point out, which he, I agree he probably it's will. He's 400 right now. Yeah. He's not going to keep doing that. Whatever, man. There's no way. Nobody does that. Water bet. He's not Pete Rose. Did you You're right, did gamble. you hear Pete Rose on the broadcast last night? No. No. Oh, my God. I wish I had that queued up and knew how loud to play it on here. He was talking on the broadcast. He was like, yeah, I mean, he just threw me a cock shot, and I hit it. And you know, I was like, <laughs> uh, I mean, shit, man. I was like, on, on live TV. That was after they asked him about, like, Sexual assault allegations, like no, nah, yeah, no, nah, that's the way to get yourself back in the league. Yeah, I mean, he was. <laughs> Why just, are they asking him about sexual assault allegations? On it was like in the seventies, and he was just like, I'm surprised yeah, he's like, loud he, on the broadcast. Why is he, anybody bringing that up? Yeah, right. I'm also surprised he was loud. He's blackballed from the league. I'm surprised they allowed him on there. All right, let me. Oh, here we go. Let's see. Uh, maybe this is too loud. Maybe it's not. We'll we'll edit it, but it'll be. Fun. <laughs> Joe didn't know what to say. Joe said. No shit. <laughs> I mean, you have a cock high fastball. Cock, yeah, <laughs> co- cock high fastball. <laughs> Joe said, "No shit." All right, let's get on the nods. Okay, who wouldn't gamble on their own games? Nice. Just being confident in yourself. That's Calvin Ridley. Did he bet on on his side or the other side? Pete Rose or Calvin Ridley? Pete Rose. He, he bet, he on, bet on his own team. Yeah, his own team. I don't I mean, judge judge really is betting on himself. Bet on games. Different way, but all right, we're doing the knots now. Just a more modern way. Okay, first up on the knot list, the entire pitching staff. The <laughs> the uh, that's how it went, meant by Garrett Cole by proxy over the last thirty days. They have a four six three ERA, like you said earlier, five blown saves. They've given up thirty three home runs. Uh, the bullpen. His, they're left on base percentage. They're 25 out of 30 teams. Win, probab- win probability added by the pitchers. Negative um, 4.87. I don't know what that means, but it's dead last in baseball. Their clutch factor of the bullpen is almost at negative 4. Don't know what that means either, but that's also dead last in baseball. And their hard hit percentage of balls given up is almost 30%, and that's good for 19th out of 30. Uh I am concerned about the starting pitching, or this is the whole That's pitching stuff. Yeah, I am, I'm very concerned. My concern, we'll talk about this more later, but my concern stems from the ace of our staff being not an ace. So, Would you say a pumpkin? Not a pumpkin, but not an ace. Uh, Glaber Torres, over his last 15, he's slashing 200, 235, and 323, a WRC plus of 57, 20 strikeouts to two walks. Uh, I'm gonna sell that. I'm not. I'm not very concerned with Glaber. I think. Did he's, you he's, just say twenty strikeouts to two walks? Yes, I did. Oh my god. It's uh, pretty bad. I think he, he's having a nice year. This is just a slump. I I think this last fifteen games. I think he'll turn around. All right, Aaron Hicks last fifteen one sixty three two fifty five one sixty three a twenty seven WRC plus. He was zero for thirty three before his monstrous three hit game last night zero home runs zero <laughs> stolen bases towards a 30 30 and 11 strikeouts uh, i'm gonna buy this and i think hot take i don't know if it's hot it's probably not a hot take but i think harrison bader is going to be the starting center fielder for this team in the playoffs all right and the yeah, last one oh shit. 
We, I, well, I think, yeah. We alluded to it earlier. Andrew Benatendi since becoming a Yankees, four for 39. That's good for a 133 batting average. He does have a 308 OBP, which still isn't great. A 200 slugging, a 61 WRC plus, and he's striking out almost 21% of the time, which is up 8% from before his Yankee days. I'm going to sell this. I think I like Benatendi. I think he's going to be good. All right. So I bought the pitching staff. Bought Hicks, sold Labor, sold Benintendi. What do you really think the pitching staff? Before the pitching staff's going to be the longest one. Can we yeah. start? Quick we'll do everything Glaber? else before that. Yeah. yeah, whatever you guys want to do. I just feel like Labor. That I did not know it was twenty to one strikeouts <laughs> to walks, and that the reason that concerns me is that when he was struggling the last few years, it was because he was not a disciplined hitter, and then this year the reason that I felt like he's been better is that he was a more disciplined hitter. And what that tells me is that he's regressed back to whatever the hell last he year. was trying to do before. And I, yeah, me, I mean, we kept saying for the last couple of years that he's trying to do too much. He's trying to crush home runs, trying to be this player that he wants to be and not simplifying it and just taking it pitch for pitch and waiting for his pitch, whatever. That's concerning. That 20 strikeouts to two walks is very concerning. Your reaction to that was awesome, but uh, that's crazy. Twenty strikeouts is a lot of strikeouts. What scares me is that it's what, and I don't know if I'm either you know right or wrong on this, but it's kind of like a one B to what you were saying. I feel like whenever he was hot and we were talking about Glaber being all the way back, he was driving the ball the other way a lot, and I don't really think we're seeing that right now. It's a lot of soft contact, especially if he's going the other way. It's a lot of hitting under the ball and their bloop singles or pop outs like almost Aaron Hicks esque, who also was on this list, but um, good Glaber's driving the ball in that right center gap. And that is something we have not seen in a while. And that concerns me. Stop playing with that wire. What wire? Absolutely. Your toe. Oh. Hicks too. The crazy <laughs> thing is that every stat you just read was only lifted by his three for three night last night. So he was really, really fucking bad. Talk about Hicks. Yeah. Did you his first two hits had a combined exit velo of like ninety? The first one, well, yeah. yeah, he pokes it down the line. That's how you know too that like the Yankees are struggling is because he pokes one like not a base hit, a broken Should bat single against the shift, and then a bunt single or like a swinging oh, bunt yeah, single, and, and, yeah, swinging bunt down the down the third baseline, and they're like, oh, like he needed this three for three night, and like he just got lucky. He had one. The third one was like a base hit. But they're like, oh, yeah, that'll break you out of a slump and three-hit game. Like, dude. He's not putting good swigs on the ball. No. Can I talk about Garrett Cole for a second? Go ahead. Do you want to wait till we get to the pitchers, or do you want to talk about Benatendi before we do that? I don't know if there's a lot to talk about with Benatendi right now. I think he looks better. The sample size is more so his Royals days. I think he's just – this is a transition period for him. I'll get back into it. I think you're right. I'm cool cool with that. Uh, Garrett Cole, on the other hand. Oof. Last three starts has a seven ERA, three oh seven batting average against, a five twenty slug against, only twenty three strikeouts. That's uh, not actually that low. He's still striking like out people, um, <laughs> giving up good amount of home runs. That's the problem. That right there is the one you need to circle, emphasize, bold. Put he's not. Yeah, you're right. It's the home run. He's still striking out people. He's not walking a lot of people. He's got a three point eight walk percentage in the last three games. People are just getting a lot of hits on him, and they're a lot of them are going out for home runs. So, if you want to, if you want to circle something like 
it, the blow up innings, you're right, Murph, and like the expected stuff is lower, so maybe he's getting a little unlucky, but unlucky or not, I, I just don't see him right now as a person I'm confident whatsoever in going into a, an opening game of a playoff game against the other team's best guy. But he's like, going to be. That's exactly, thing. and that's why I'm saying I'm. I that's why I bought the pitching staff as a whole because, I mean, look who he's going to go match up against. Do you can you confidently say that Garrett Cole is going to be our dude going against let's say any matchup you, you name it right now pick Verlander pick that's Verlander the one. that's what everything's boils down to is the Astros look at our rotation lined up against the Astros right now you can't pick out a win and that's You're not a pro- gonna get to the World Series without getting through them that's a problem when you look at your biggest competition the team that's knocked you out two out of three years or whatever that shakes out to be I don't think that's right I think it's two out of four but either way you get my fucking point. Look at how those first three games shape up. Pitching matchups, nothing else. You're losing in the pitching battle in all three. Boom. One, two, three, boom. You're already at a deficit. Then look at the lineups. Look at how we're playing right now. Look at the balance of the Astros lineup and how they're hitting and how they have been hitting for years. You you can't tell me that you're favored or even close in that series. You can say the same about the Rays. You can say the same again about the Blue Jays. At this point, I mean, there's a couple other teams in the American League. Like, the Guardians have a good pitching staff. The Twins pitching staff isn't terrible. Like, it's as it sits today on August 8th, that's a huge issue. And, I, and I'm going to use the Astros because that's the biggest one. And I'm assuming, hopefully, we'll be able to take care of business in the DS or do whatever. But like you said, the World Series runs through the Astros. I don't. There's not a single pitching matchup that I'm confident in. There's no game where I'm just like, okay, okay, we got our ass beat in game X, but we got player Y on the mound. I can relax a little bit. We got a win coming our way, or at least, you know, a shutdown performance. The offense has just got to scrape together one or two. There's, there isn't that on our team right now. No. And one and thing I, I want to point that's out, too. That's a huge issue. Mont, Mont, Jordan Montgomery's ERA is 3.53. Garrett Cole's ERA is 3.56. I don't, that's, that's so misleading. <laughs> Like no, it's not. Is it though? It's it, a full it body is. of work. No, I listen. I understand, and I know it's a big sample size, but they're just they're they're not the same pitcher. It's you're no matter what Jordan Montgomery's ERA is, if he has a better ERA than Garrett Cole and he's still on the Yankees, Garrett Cole's still getting the ball in Game One, and it's about the next start. It's not, you know, get, he had a couple of blow up games, a couple of blow up innings, and he's got to figure that out. And the pitching staff as a whole is not going to be back into the hot list or whatever until Garrett Cole is because he's your ace. He's your guy. You know, he needs to figure it out in order for everybody else to figure it out. There's no circumstance where the pitching staff as a whole is pitching well. And Garrett Cole is still doing this. What concerns me is the bullpen. I I agree. I think we breezed over the bullpen. We, we focused a lot on the starting pitching. The bullpen has been, I was hoping we were going to get there. Clay Holmes. I was going to try to tie this into Clay Holmes somehow, but it's the same kind of deal. It's like, Month ago, Clay Holmes, all star closer. Dude, our now, bullpen's dead last right now in the Fangraphs clutch factor, which, you know, we've talked about this before. It blew five of the last nine. That's not good. It, I mean, and Clay Holmes blew two against the Cardinals. <laughs> he blew. It's just and, fucking... and you sent down two of your best arms in the bullpen. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the bottom line is they're not trying to get better. They knowingly, Ron Marinaccio has been arguably the best pitcher on this team, reliever at least, for. A couple months now, Clay Holmes has been shaky since mm, the Red Series. I would say, yeah, 
and Marinaccio has been lights out, and that's what that's what pisses fans off. You know, if you go out there and you lose games, fine, but when you clearly have people that are better that are sitting there pitching in fucking Scranton, it makes people mad, and rightfully so, over a, as they've said 4,000 times, a numbers game. Ron Marinaccio needs to be on this team. I said it as a rounding third, as, like, I guess kind of a hot take, but it's not even a hot take at this point that we need him. We need Ron Marinaccio to be the guy that he has been if this team wants to go far in October. You can't rely on this bullpen that we have right now. You can't. Who... Seriously, look at a game right now and tell me who you feel confident in. Anybody, pick anybody out of that bullpen and you see him trotting out. Who, right now, my biggest person on the trust tree is probably Wandy. Like, if I see anybody walking out of that bullpen right now, my immediate thought is, fuck. And it doesn't matter who it is. It's every person that trots out is like, "Mm." not just this. That's not just the bullpen. We're talking about tonight's game on August 8th. It's probably Wandy or Trevino. Maybe. Trevino, Blue looks Trevino, good. yeah, he looks say. good. Efros looks like shit. Efros looks terrible. Sucks. Give, yeah, I thought he was gonna. No, I know. Give him time. Let whatever. That's fine. All of the new guys. We don't. We don't need. Yeah, I'm talking about tonight. We don't have though. a second. I'm just yeah. saying, if you pick a guy, any person that comes out of the bullpen, not named Wandy Peralta, what's your reaction right now? Any of them. I don't care how new they are. I'm not saying. You ever is... see that the the video of Real Muto rolling his eyes when that dude? Was yeah, that's me. Yeah. Not, that's my reaction. Yeah. I just like there's nobody, and like I said, I'll give them time. I don't care. I'm not saying this is who they are as a longtime big leaguer. This isn't them in 2023. That isn't even them from a, a month from now. But every person that trots out of the bullpen right now, if it's not a five run lead, I'm like, oh shit, here we go again. And that's just a product of how they've been over the last month. And I think that's well warranted. That's not an overreaction. The bullpen has been bad. You're right. And you, and you look at the guys, like I said, with Garrett Cole, the guy's spearheading it and the guy who's supposed to keep everything in check. He's supposed to be the ace. Clay Holmes is supposed to be the closer here. Clay Holmes last 11 games is an eight one zero ERA relief ERA kind of throw it out the window, but nine earned runs in that, in that time frame. That's 11 outings, nine earned runs, uh, nine walks in that same time span. 12 strikeouts. The strikeout, the, the basic story of these top guys, Garrett Cole and Clay Holmes, the strikeouts are still there, but I mean, people are hitting 231 against Clay Holmes. That compared to his number before, they were like what during that like wild stretch, it was under 100 that they were hitting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's just the nine runs in 11 outings is not acceptable for a closer, especially. And I'm not going to say I'm totally worried about Clay Holmes. I think he'll, he'll reel it back in. Because I just think his his stuff is nasty and his stuff plays, but I don't know. It's just not. It's not what you. I mean, he's, in that same time frame, he has nine walks. Like I said, three hit by pitches. So like he's really wild, and he he looks like the Clay Holmes that the Pirates traded for. Uh, I was Hoy listening Park. to David yeah, Cohn talk about it too, and he said that was his biggest concern: is that when Clay Holmes is good and missing, he's not missing in. He was like, he's missing high and in right now, and that's why he's hitting people and stuff like that. He's like, that is concerning to me. It's not, he's not walking people nibbling at the corners. He's running it high and in. He's got a completely different release point than what he had earlier in the season. That's not an overnight fix. That is scary to me. Clay Holmes is not a signed, sealed, delivered. He'll be fine. He'll work it out for me. I, I'm a little concerned, especially listening to that from David Cohn. I'm not a pitching coach. I didn't pitch in major leagues, believe it or not. But hearing that from him, and he can see that from the booth, I don't. That doesn't give me confidence. That doesn't give me a warm fuzzy that he's going to figure it out soon. 
Especially because he's a sinker slider guy. Exactly. He's the kind of guy who gasses a fastball at the top part of the zone and that gets away, whatever. But when you're you live in the bottom half of the zone when you're a sinker slider guy and you're running up. I know he has a four seam, whatever. That yeah, it's concerning. And the other guy that we should have mentioned as somebody that I'm somewhat confident in is Albert Abreu. I think he's been pitching really he's been well, but he's not really a high leverage bad guy. Lately. He's been bad lately. What do you mean? I know we gave up a couple against the Cardinals, but in a couple, like of, he's given up a couple runs in like well. three straight outings, and I think his inherited runners. I don't he, think that's true. Check me on this. His inherited runners. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up too. Whenever I'm done talking, he but gave up two last night. His inherited that. runners is one of the worst in baseball, and that's a problem. As if you're going to be a reliever, and especially on a team that's lacking dominant relievers, you can't have a high inherited runner percentage that's scoring. And I probably phrase that like a fucking idiot, but you get what I'm saying. Like if the runners you're inheriting are just scoring every time, then you're not an effective reliever. I don't give a shit what your peripherals are. I don't care what your ERA is. That you're you're not effective. No, you're right. He gave up one against the Mariners, two against the Cardinals, and then he he got a one, one out, uh, no run, whatever against the Cardinals as well. But yeah, I don't know. That's a I was confident in him. I guess I didn't realize. Yeah, in his last two weeks, people are hitting three fifty five against him. It's not good. I mean, it, it made sense that they sent Clark Schmidt down if the goal there was to stretch him out and have him come back as either a guy who can give you a few innings or as a starter, potentially, if that's the case. If they just sent him down and with no intention of bringing him back up, though, then that's ridiculous. I mean, he had to spend 14 days down, so we'll see. But Well, they, it's going to take at least that long to stretch him out anyway. But There's just no reason at all that – Domingo Herman should be getting starts over him. Like push him to the bullpen, do whatever you want to do. If you're not willing to DFA anybody, fine. But there's no reason that Clark Schmidt should not this if there's ever a chance to give Clark Schmidt a chance to start, it's now. Clay Holmes isn't even the best closer in New York right now. Cool, my computer. Nobody is other than Edwin <laughs> Diaz. That's that was the I have Edwin Diaz. Yeah, nobody's even close. Him and the Weisiga were both both the Weisiga blew up history. Cool, my computer yeah, died he, at ninety yeah. percent. That's fun. He uh yeah, the Weisiga struggled, but Chapman, I guess that's a good thing. I, I don't know if I trust but do you it. still trust him though? That's the thing. I, I don't think I do yet. No. I mean, there's nothing point, he can like, do that you I would mean, either in a playoff series. There I don't think there's anything Chapman could do where I would be I would feel confident with him coming in game seven of the World Series or game seven of the ALCS or game four of the ALDS. Uh, speaking of Edwin Diaz for a second, there, do you? I know everybody's like freaking out about his his walkout, his that, trumpet. I don't think it's that cool. Oh, you're on my team. Oh, yeah, I'm, every I'm God, everybody, everybody, like it's all over the MLB page. It's all over. Everybody's just like, oh my God, this is like the coolest, like nothing like a good walkout. Like that's not it's like an enter Sandman. This is better than Mo. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wait, that's where I draw the line. It is by no means cooler than Mo. F- I don't okay. even think it should be but it, in the but same it's conversation. Awesome. It, no, it, it's the coolest one right now. I don't in think Major so. Baseball. Oh. It is. Oh, like, yeah. well, I don't. It's I don't know. The, I don't really know the other ones, but I. I just exactly. I don't think don't it's that cool. Ones. Well, yeah, that, I'm, that, I'm bringing it up because everybody's bringing it up, and I'm just like, it's because really it's not cool. that cool. It is, and he's shoving. I mean, he, he is shoving. Sucked, and would be laughing at him because he'd be running out the trumpets. <laughs> yeah, then there would be memes, six, and it's funny. And he also he like runs with the, with the like rhythm of it or whatever. I I. I think it's cool, and right. I think like memes he's very that come. Maybe I'm just being a hater. I think you are. I'm on your. I'm no on your side. No offense. Luke. It's very cool. 
If he was on the Yankees, we would be so fired up over it. It's not even funny. And we would be comparing it to Enter Sandman. Well, he ain't. Not that it should be. But well, we he ain't, be. and he won't be. And that means. And I don't want him either. He can't. The pinstripes are heavy, Murph. They wear pinstripes. We should have brought so. in his little brother. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, I can't find the stat I'm looking for, especially because my computer fucking died. But we also should have brought in Dylan Tate now and watching him warm up for the O's. All right. Enough. <laughs> I mean, we, we the trade deadline has come and gone. We've done everything we asked Cashman to do outside of trading Montgomery for no fucking reason. So that it is what it is. That, that's over. And I don't think everybody obviously is freaking out now. And they're like, yeah, what a fucking bum. He, he did fine. This is what we needed. We needed a pitcher. He got a pitcher. We needed relievers. He got relievers. Good relievers, supposedly, on paper. We needed a left fielder. He got a left fielder. What do you, what do you want from the guy? I mean, I'm the biggest cashman criticizer of the world, but you can't bitch at him about this trade deadline. He did he did pretty much everything you need to do outside of get Juan Soto and Luis Castillo, which pipe dream on Soto and Volpe for Castillo. Make your own opinion on that. But Yep. No, I think... Yeah, on paper he did the right thing, and they're they're struggling. But I want to win. You right. you have to t- you have to take two from the Mariners. I decided today that if we do well in the playoffs, God, I hope we make it past the first round. I'm going to celebrate every round as if I were on the team. Like I'm talking mm-hmm. champagne shower in my house. Like, every single one. Yeah, I'm going to smoke cigars and shoot champagne all over the city. I'm just I'm going to go nuts. All right, let's I might do quit it. my job. I don't know. All right, do it. I can't do that. I wish I could. All right. I think that'll do it from us. <laughs> there was, there always comes a point in the podcast that it just completely derails to just Chandler talking about quitting his job. And I think that has hit that point now. So thank you as always for tuning in and uh, let's hope the Yankees don't keep losing. Hopefully they'll have a win by the next time we talk. <laughs> <laughs>